the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got questions concerning elder or state law? Attorney Mike Connors has the answer. He's been recognized as one of New York's top lawyers by New York Magazine and brings nearly 40 years of experience to the table. His office number is 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Here's Mike Connors. We are gathered here on Hallowed Ground, horse trees, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on Hallowed Ground to sing this song away. Welcome to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. You know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had three people ask me, are we ever going to replace some of the Ed Barr's interviews? And, you know, I, I thought maybe not, but, you know, if three people are asking me. There's probably got to be a lot of people asking me. So we're going to repeat Ed Barr's interview of the Battle of New Orleans. Now, most of you say, hey, didn't Ed Barr's do mostly Civil War? And yes, he did mostly Civil War, but one I remember one other historian said you could drop Ed Bars anywhere in the universe and he could tell you what battle happened there, when, who won, so forth and so on. So we're going to be talking about the, the Battle of New Orleans, and actually the Battle of New Orleans happened this time of year in 1815, so I guess it's what, the 220, 228th anniversary of the Battle of New I Orleans. Think that's right. Now here's the thing, if you want to come to our our office Brooklyn office I'm talking about, you can take, you know, a tour of, of some of our memorabilia. Mostly we have Civil War military miniatures. And if you want to see the Civil War military miniatures, you can look on YouTube, put Mike Connors Toy Soldier Collection. You'll get it there. But one of the things we have, which to me is very interesting, one of our clients lived into her 90s. She died in Marine Park, Helen Foy, great woman. And her father was a New York City police officer from 1886 to 1916. And some of his stuff was left behind. The family didn't want it. Beth rescued it with the permission of the family. And one of the things we have a commemoration of, of the detective was Harry P. Foy on his 20th anniversary, celebration of his 20th anniversary on the New York City Police Department, which I think I got to look at it right now, but I think was roughly in 1906. And there's a connection here to Ed Bars. Um, Harry Foy was New York City detective for most of his career. And in 1903, he arrested a serial killer. The serial killer, his main name was Johann Hock. He used a lot of different names. And at the time, the newspapers said that he killed six women. 
And, you know, then a, a couple of years later, they found two more bodies and they made it eight women. Now, if you go on the Internet, they say he killed about 50 women. So it was almost by accident. A woman complained to the local precinct that this guy was accosting her or whatever. And, you know, they sent up some detectives and they arrested him. And, you know, it happened to be there was a warrant out for his arrest in Chicago. And Harry Foy arrested him and eventually escorted him back to Chicago. And he was, and this is the connection between all these guys. He was tried for murder by Kennesaw Mountain Landis, who was the later, those of you know baseball, was the first baseball commissioner. And if you ever saw the movie Eight Men Out, it's played by John Anderson, the great character actor from, you know, a lot of Westerns, who played a few of our, he played actually L.Q. Jones and James Drury's brother in Ride the High Country, who were both on our show. Um, but in any event, Kennesaw Mountain Landis tried, you know, conducted the trial, and he was found guilty and sentenced to hang. And then one of those twists of fate... You know, back in the early 1900s, if you didn't have money for appeal, you were hanged. So, um, Joanne Hawk was sentenced to death. Three women came up with the money for his appeal, which is just... Just don't... I know it's women, no account. I have no idea. So, yeah. just, I'm sorry. Yeah, and it's actually, we have a newspaper article somewhere that we're... we're uh, Johan Hock told Harry Foy that if you flatter a woman, you can get anything out of her. Oh, so, but maybe sometimes. The connection there is Ed Bars' father was a friend of Kennesaw Mountain Landis, which if you saw the articles from a few years ago, Ed Bars was at the um, one of the All-Star Games. I forget which year. And he was introduced as probably the only living player who saw the 1933 All-Star Game. Now, we don't know for an absolute fact, but it's just statistically, it's he was 10 years old at the time. He was 90-some-odd years old when they talked about it. And, of course, one, there were probably not a lot of 10-year-olds in the, in the crowd back then. And, you know, but he got the tickets from Kennesaw Mountain Landis. And he saw the 1933 All-Star Game. And he still can remember a lot of it. Chick Cafe hit a ball into the corner, Babe Ruth hit a home run. He knew a, a lot of the details of that game. And Ed was a baseball fan, who, those of you who don't know. He was a New York Giant fan. And he was telling us in the 1951 playoff series, when Bobby Thompson hit the home run, he was dancing at the bar <laughs> at a hotel in Washington where he was staying at the time. So, I mean, he was a true character. Some of you may, well, you know, if you met him, you always knew he was a true character. But, you know, if you saw him as a 95-year-old man, you may think he's a little frail old man. But Ed Bars was a personality. He was a character. And he's probably the greatest historian in, in a lot of respects of our time, probably of any time. Because the guy had a photographic memory and he could tell you any battle in the Civil War. He could tell you any regiment in the Civil War who was involved, who were the commanding officers, who were the troops. And I'm not talking about major battles. I'm talking about minor battles. I'm talking about regimental commanders. But but it, he made it come to life. Right. You know, it wasn't just statistics. He knew the personalities of all the people. And he let you know the, know the people that were wonderful and the people that were not so good. 
If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it harder to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress? A home equity conversion mortgage may be the answer for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. Give me a call so our team here at Contour Mortgage can show you how the loan program works and how much you and your family may qualify for. My job is to help you find the best solution for your retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this mortgage program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak with me. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-954-7463. Once again, that's 888-954-7463, and you could be on your way to a better retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591, Contour Mortgage Corporation, NMLS number 34384, 990 Stewart Avenue, Suite 660, Garden City, New York, 11530, Licensed Mortgage Banker, New York State Department of Financial Services. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500 or connorsandsullivan.com. And so here we go. Battle of New Orleans, Ed Bars. Time now for Connor's Corner, where Mike takes a closer look at topics like history, politics, religion, and more. Here's Mike. Welcome to the Connor's Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. With me right now is our national treasure, greatest battlefield guide in the history of the United States, Ed Bars. How are you today, sir? Very good. All right. Now, we've talked about... It's down here. It is, huh? We've talked about every Civil War battle, I think, that the public is interested in. So we're going to change pace today. We're going to be talking about New Orleans, 1815, the Battle of New Orleans. What can you tell us about that battle? All right. The battle of the United States, of course, declares war on Great Britain when Britain is seriously embarrassed with Bonaparte. Now, when Bonaparte uh, runs into disaster after in Russia and the Battle of Leipzig, uh, Bonaparte will uh, abdicate for the first time and go uh, be sent to the Isle of Elba, where he'll remain 100 days and then escape. 
Now, as soon as Bonaparte is dealt with, the British decide that the United States should be punished for for their. Uh, uh, for their actions of declaring war on Britain when Britain is in a, a serious conflict with Bonaparte. So the British uh, now have a lot of unemployed soldiers that have been very successful, particularly in Spain, against uh, the French forces in Spain, led by uh, Jerome Bonaparte, who is not any type of a general like his brother. So the British decide they're going to send three expeditions made up largely of veterans of the Peninsula Campaign to punish uh, the, Union, uh, the United States for their uh, uh, declaration of war on them at a, at a bad time. They're going to send one force of about 10,000 men to reinforce the, 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 the British forces in Canada, and they're going to advance southward by way of the Lake Champlain Gateway. A second force will be uh, sent uh, to uh, uh, to Chesapeake Bay uh, to operate against Washington and uh, our forces there. And the third force largely made up the ones that are presumed to be successful against Washington will move against New Orleans. Uh, the uh, the British threat to, uh, by way of Lake Champlain, will be neutralized uh, uh, in mid-September. Uh, the uh, British uh, threat that brought them to Washington and then defeat at Baltimore will then move against New Orleans. New Orleans, of course, is located 80 miles up the Mississippi River from its mouth, and it's very it's a backbone of uh, of America, and the, it had been sold by the Spanish. Uh, the French had then uh, acquired it uh, from the uh, uh, the uh, Spanish, and they had sold the Louisiana Purchase to us in uh, in, 19, in 
will turn down the British offer of, of him cooperating. So the British Navy is going to uh, try to uh, is going to approach New Orleans by way from the west, from the Gulf of Mexico, by way of Ray Bourne. We have a small fleet of gunboats uh, on uh, guarding the passes into uh, uh, through the Rigolies into Lake Pontchartrain, uh, five gunboats, and there will be an engagement on the uh, on the fourteenth and fifteenth day of December. The British will load a hundred and uh, will uh, take. 45 longboats, about a, uh, a gun in each, uh, a carronade uh, in the bow of each one, and they're going to attack and to try and capture the American gunboat fleet. They were successful. On uh, the 16th, by the evening, uh, by the 15th, the American gunboats, they're watching the, uh, uh, the uh, route into New Orleans to uh, uh, the Wrigley's and Lake Pontchartrain have been captured. The British then will move. Uh, will, will then uh, are going to move their troops from uh, from the uh, uh, from their base that they've established uh, at Ship Island and go through a chain of waterways uh, that uh, drain uh, that connect the. Uh, the area of uh, the uh, area uh, of uh, area east, uh, south, and east of New Orleans with the uh, with the Mississippi. It's a uh, one of these uh, many channels they have. So that's the route they're going to do. They're going to. They got a lot of hard work because they're going to have to uh, move their men in small boats. Now, at this time, uh, uh, Andrew Jackson is, had moved against Pensacola, which had been occupied by the British, and he's going to get his tail back to New Orleans as fast as he can. So he is going to be back in New Orleans uh, in, around, uh, in mid-December. Uh, uh, and he is going to be bringing men all the way uh, from Kentucky and Tennessee uh, by, uh, by boat down the river to join his forces in New Orleans. Now, his forces in New Orleans will be a hodgepodge of people. They will include several, they will include a detachment of Marines, United States Marines. They will have two regular Army units, and then they will have They've turned out the free men of color. The Spanish and the French have had no trouble with or, with organizing free men of color into militia. So there will be two battalions of free men of color that are going to collect to go with those uh, people they brought down from Tennessee and uh, Kentucky. And there will be uh, 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 the Marines, two regular army units, and Jackson is uh, beginning to cobble together. He will then uh, uh, he will then tell uh, John Lafitte, "How about you joining us?" And John Lafitte will turn over his his, his older brother Dominic U. Now he'll be very important, manning one of the. Uh, Seven batteries 
uh, the Americans were going to establish. Well, the British, so the British were moving through on Bayou Benvenue, and they reached uh, Valera Plantation. Valera Plantation would be on the Mississippi River about, uh, about six miles downstream from where they'll fight the Battle of New Orleans, or as they call it down in New Orleans, Chalmette. So the uh, Jackson decides to strike a first blow. The British have landed at Valera Plantation. Uh, Valera has escaped and told them they're there. And, uh, and, and Jackson turns out about 5,000 men. Uh, militia that's come down uh, from uh, Tennessee and Kentucky. Uh, the free men of color, uh, Cajuns, uh, mixed, uh, mixed bags, some regulars. And he leaves downtown New Orleans on the afternoon of the 23rd. He's going to march southward and, and, and attack the British force that has come through on Bayou Benvenue and is assembling at Barrera Plantation. Uh, Barrera Plantation would be about 15 miles downstream from New Orleans. There's this, the levees there at the time uh, in the Mississippi, but they're not these giant levees like you see now. So Jackson is going to uh, uh, get down there and launch a surprise attack on the advanced British contingent that is going into camp uh, near Valera Plantation, which is about uh, two or three miles downstream uh, from where the battle will be fought, which will be uh, on the boundary uh, between the McCartney Plantation and Chalmette Plantation. Now, again, the, uh, there is a, a, a drainage ditch that runs inland from uh, near the McCartney Plantation in a straight line into the uh, swamp area uh, about a thousand yards back. Uh, Jackson is going to, that's where the battle is going to be fought. But Jackson will try to surprise the British at the battle uh, at Valera Plantation, three miles further downstream. He gains the surprise, uh, but the British uh, stand, uh, hold up, and Jackson will fall back to the McCartney Plantation and the Rodriguez Canal. The Rodriguez Canal is this bridge uh, canal that connects the Mississippi River some, with, uh, with the swamp area about a thousand yards inland. So Jackson is, decides, here's where I'm going to fight the British. He uh, is going to also have to have a force immediately across the river from where Rodriguez uh, canal drains into the Mississippi, and there he uh, have a, have have a, a couple of gunboats, and he's going to put his uh, militia over on that side. That would be on the south side of the river, and he's going to throw up eight batter excuse me nine batteries along uh, and use cotton bales to. Uh, uh, 
to uh, as a breastwork, and they have the Rodriguez Canal as a water barrier in front of them, and it's going to extend roughly a, a, a five about 650 yards from the swamp area, and uh, two where it drains into the Mississippi River, and uh, there he's going to position his. Uh, uh, Eight batteries. Uh, these are uh, going to be manned uh, with. He uh, has about twelve cannon. Uh, they're going to be positioned along the uh, uh, the Rodriguez Canal, uh, beside behind the Cotton Bell barricades, uh, uh, and they will be numbered. Very imaginary, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. They're scattered uh, uh, probably about 50 yards uh, 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 between each one. They do have a small readout out in front of Battery 1. So uh, he's got his men working hard uh, on these uh, defenses, uh, uh, and uh, the British are continuing to fly their way through. Now, the British commander, it will be uh, uh, Edward Packingham. He is going to be a... A short tail relative of Wellington. He has very little of Wellington's ability. Uh, he is 36 years old, and he will arrive at Belair Plantation along about, uh, about the 21st or 22nd day of, of uh, December. So they're going to, uh, Jackson decides, uh, he's already attacked them once, uh, that surprise attack, when the, before the, when the British were Belair Foundation, and it made him very, uh, nervous, and that was, and that of course had been before he had fallen back, and Established his fortified line along the Rodriguez Canal between the Chalmette Plantation and the McCartney Plantation. It's going to be very smooth ground in front of him, uh, extending out, if you've ever been down there, out to where the National Cemetery is, which is for Civil War dead. So they're going to, the British are going to bring their artillery in. They've got a hell of a job ferrying their, their, their artillery in. And there will uh, be a, uh, Jackson will make a, uh, uh, the British will make a reconnaissance to see how strong Jackson's position is on the 28th. They find it is quite strong, and they don't uh, fare very well. The next engagement will be on the first day of, of January, New Year's Day. The, the British have positioned their artillery which, uh, and their rockets, which are about uh, 1,000 yards from Jackson's line. Jackson has his defenses completed. He has his guns uh, mounted. Uh, he has lost one of his gunboats in the engagement uh, back on the 23rd. And they're going to have an artillery duel. And believe it or not, the, our, our people uh, 
get the upper hand on the British in the artillery duel on the first day of January. The British now are establishing their position. They're separated by about a thousand yards. The ground is like between the British position and the Rodriguez Canal and Jackson's Cotton Bale Barricade is about uh, 800 yards. It's as flat as your, if you play pool, it's as flat as a pool table. And it has been used in growing, growing rice and rice and very. Now, Buckingham decides, I'm going to attack on the 8th day of January. So he is going to attack. He is going to dig a canal uh, from the uh from the headwaters of Benvenue Value, Bayou, that's the waterway the British had used to get their cannons and their people, the 23 miles uh, from the uh, uh, from the, from the uh, the Gulf of Mexico to there. So he's going to decide. We're going to put uh, Colonel Thornton, probably one of the best men the British have, is going to command about fifteen, about a thousand men. They're going to dam the uh, the outlet uh, to the uh, uh, to the canal, going to Valera Plantation, and they're going to let the water build up. So that he get enough water to use it uh, to cut the levee and get their uh, landing, uh, get their longboats out into the Mississippi River. They have bad luck during the night of the in the early morning hours of the uh, of the uh, of the uh, of the uh, of the, uh, of the uh, Eighth, the, the dam across the uh, dividing Bayou Benvenue from the canal bursts, and the water that's backing up behind it falls. So they're going to have a hard time getting their 40-some landing vessels down the canal and out into the Mississippi River. The Mississippi has a strong current. They have to wait across, and their job is to attack the American force that Jackson has placed on the south side of the Mississippi, just opposite Battery One. And that would be the extreme right flank of Jackson's line, and they they want to cooperate, but they uh, have a difficulty of. Uh, getting across the river. The Mississippi is a powerful current, and that means the British force under Thornton is not going to be able to cooperate with uh, Packingham's force in the big attack. Now, the attack is going to be, they uh, are going to send a small force into the swamp area, the Cypress Swamp, which will be... uh, which is to is 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 north of the uh, the uh, the left flank of Jackson's line, and they're going to uh, 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 Packingham is going to form his column, 
uh, into assault. Gibbs is going to be on the right with veterans who have been who have uh, been battling Napoleon and his people for a long time. Gibbs has been there for a while, and his men are going to advance in the area just south, uh, just just uh, just north of the uh, of the uh, of the Cypress Swamp, and uh, he is, uh, and they're going to have Colonel Mullen. You can have, if you have your worst employee, uh, let's put Pat Fauci will be Colonel Mullen. <laughs> uh, he is the Colonel of the 44th Regiment. Now, the 44th Regiment has a key role. The British, under the cover of darkness, had deposited a number of ladders, long and short ladders, and fascines. Fascines are bundles of cane that are bound together, and you can throw into water and get across. So they positioned them in an abandoned battery. Uh, uh, the uh, the guy, uh, the uh, colonel of the 44th uh, British Regiment of Foot has got a very crucial role. His job is to send his men just when, before he gets right, goes forward where they behind the redoubt where they discrate where they've. Uh, deposit their scaly ladders and their fascines. Because these guys that are going to attack are going to need those ladders and those fascines if they can get a, to get across Rodriguez, uh, Rodriguez Canal. Now, Rodriguez Canal is about, uh, about 15 feet wide. It's about... Uh, Six. It's about four. It's a. Uh, it's about uh, f- five feet deep, and then on the uh, on the on the opposite side, the uh, Jackson side of the of the canal, and about two foot back from the edge of the canal, Jackson has sewn up a line of cotton. Bale uh, uses cotton has sewn use cotton bales to throw up a parapet, and along that parapet are where his cannons. Where his, uh, this is where his uh, his seven his eight batteries are positioned. Particularly, an important battery will be Battery Five, which is near the present day monument, because it has a big eighteen pounder and. Uh, and uh, to the right of it is battery uh, is uh, is batteries is battery five. It has three guns in it, and uh, they uh, and then they have battery one. Of course, is very near the Mississippi. So uh, Gibbs's force is going to be on the right, probably thirty or forty yards to their right is the impassable area of the cedar thicket. Now, when they advance, they expect our friend, uh, the 44th, to meet them with the fascines and the ladders. Well, uh, 
he's he's a little uh, the colonel is a little little dense, and he hasn't located where they are, and they can't find them. When they find them, it's rather late because the British have got tired. Gibbs has got tired of waiting, and he's begun his advance. So everything and uh, and Gibbs and. Uh, and uh, he has begun his advance. Now the other column, and this other column is uh, uh, is uh, is being spirited by the fifty third, fifty the ninety third regiment of Highlanders. They're tall, mean SOBs. They've been stationed in South Africa. They also are, have the light companies of the various. Infantry regiments. Now the British infantry regiments were all were organized. Each British regiment has a light company. These are guys that are uh, are very nimble. Uh, they are like that young man that usually calls me up, and uh, they're good with the bayonet. And uh, they have the light companies of the other infantry regiments. They have and start with the fifty third. Uh, 53rd uh, uh, Regiment, and they're moving down the road that parallels the Mississippi River with just a very slight levee on their left. Gibbs has the main striking force, and he's going to be on the right, but he's going to be dependent on getting those uh, ladders and fast scenes that the colonel of the 44th uh, Regiment of Foot is supposed to uh, get. Later on, he'll be saying, if I survive the battle, I'm going to hang hang Morton from that tree right there, because he screwed everything up. And the advance starts. Now, the, the, the British plan to co uh, to the force on the far side of the river, uh, the, uh, the, uh, no, uh, the, uh, the uh, north side of the river has has had trouble getting into position. And they missed seeing the uh, a rocket fired by uh, the main force on the opposite side of the river, and they will not be able to cooperate, even if they had been thinking about it. So they advance. So there's going to be no... Uh, they, so that means the people on the far side of the river under Thornton are not going to be able to seize the cannons that can fire across the river and enfilade the British right, which would be uh, the, the uh, Keynes column, which is moving down the road right adjacent to the river. So the British are moving. This is not, and they, uh, things are beginning, and they uh, come under heavy fire. Uh, Gibbs is wondering, where the hell are those guys in the 44th uh, Regiment of Foot? They're not around. We need our riders. We need our fast scenes to get across the ditch. And they begin to take heavy casualties. Packingham is trying to coordinate them. He sees that Gibbs is in serious trouble. And he says, uh, he sends a message uh, to the Colonel Dale of the, 50, uh, 60, uh, the 93rd Regiment of Scots. 
He says, I want you to move, to leave your co- the column, moving down the road adjacent to the river, have them move across the field and come to the support of Gibbs. And so Dale starts off moving, does it oblique to the right and starts moving across. Now they now they're in big trouble. They're now within range of the uh, of Jackson's guns. Jackson has no artillery up. Excuse me, the Brits have no guns up there with them, and Jackson's guns have opened fire, firing canister and grape in a short rally. And the heads of the columns are beginning to melt away. Predict of Gibbs' column on the far right as. Uh, as Dale with the 93rd cuts across on an oblique uh, to join uh, Gibbs, uh, uh, they find out, and that's where they're in big trouble as they begin shooting them down. Now, Jackson is only going to have 15 casualties here, maybe 20 at the most. The British are going to have over 2,000 casualties of their 5,000 men. So they're, and the only British troops that are going to get are going to get into the Union, into the British defenses, and they will be the defenses held by the Marines and the 7th Infantry are the spearhead of the Light Infantry that are marching down the, the road paralleling the levee. They get in there and hold the redoubt for a few minutes, but they're unsuccessful. The their commander will be uh, badly wounded. Packingham has now gone forward to try and straighten everything out, and he's going to uh, get himself uh, mortally wounded. Gibbs's column uh, comes in and is now melting away in front of batteries five, the three guns in battery five. Uh, the uh, Dominic U uh, is having a field day. And within about 20 minutes, the British attack is is obviously being repulsed. Gibbs is mortally wounded. Packingham is mortally wounded. Dale is uh, going to be mortally wounded, so he's not going to be able to hang uh, the commander of the of the 40th, 44th Infantry that had screwed up. So they're going to fall back. Packingham's last orders to his reserve, commanded by Colonel Lambert, is you better, you were, we're falling back, and I think you're, if you commit your reserve, it'll be uh, sending uh, uh, good money after bad money. So within, uh, uh, within about 20, 30 minutes of hard fighting, if you forget the earlier movements, probably two hours, the battle is over. Uh, and New, or- New Orleans has been saved. Jackson has become a hero. Uh, the British uh, uh, will uh, will uh, get together and discuss. Packingham will die that night. Now, good thing, uh, what they do in those days to preserve uh, uh well-known and high-ranking people to get them back so they can uh, bury them without them, uh, decompose them, they put them in a 
keg of, of brandy or wine. So they'll put him in a keg of wine to send him back uh, for Wellington's uh, sister, who is now a widow, to bury her husband. So the British are, those, uh, are going to have 2,000 casualties out of the 6,000 men they committed to the attack. Meanwhile, the British, uh, 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 Thornton has finally got moving. And, uh, and, uh, by the time Thornton moves, uh, the, uh, British on the, uh, 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 have failed in their attack on the Rodriguez Canal, uh, uh, line of Jackson. Uh, the, uh, people, the militia over on the far side of the river, uh, naturally panic. Uh, they capture, the Thornton captures her position, captures her cannon, which they abandon, but they, uh, the British decide, uh, uh, they uh, have decided we're not going to try another attack. We're going to withdraw from the area. So they begin withdrawing on the way they came. Now, an interesting thing about the Battle of New Orleans uh, is on Christmas Eve in in Ostend, France, in Ostend, Belgium, British and American representatives had met, and they had signed a treaty uh, ending the war. And, uh, of course... The treaty, if the British had won the battle, Parliament would have never approved the treaty. And uh, since we won the battle, our Congress is very welcome, to, uh, is very eager to approve the treaty. So if, the, if, we, if Jackson had lost, undoubtedly New Orleans would have fallen. The British would have controlled the, the major city at the mouth of the Mississippi, and they would have uh, command. Uh, they would have also demanded the property they've already occupied in the United States, particularly in north northeastern Maine, as booty. So, the uh, the Battle of New Orleans is over. It's going to make Jackson a, a national hero, make him a president of the United States. And the uh, uh, Brits of uh, so we feel pretty good about ourselves uh, because after having a very bad first two years of the War of 1812, we've ended with a great victory. Ed Bars, thank you for bringing history to life. Uh, there's a park down there now uh, at Chalmette. They, they, they have restored the Jackson line, the Rodriguez line, and it uh, gives you a good view of the battle. The best way to do it is if you, is as uh, as. Uh, yeah, uh, they, they rent tour boats down from New Orleans, and they let you, and they land there at uh, Chalmette, and you can take a tour of the battle, or you can drive down. There is so a, a large obelisk monument there uh, to commemorate the battle. 
The Guild for Exceptional Children, or GEC, has been providing excellent care to children and adults with developmental disabilities since 1958. It is our mission to help build better lives and brighter futures for the people in our care. We serve nearly 1,000 individuals each day and are proud that 90 cents of every dollar is used for actual services. Please visit www.gecbklyn.org or call 718-833-6633 to learn more. Do you have somewhere to sleep? Did you eat today? Are you making ends meet? For thousands of New Yorkers, the answer is no. For children and youth, adults, seniors, people struggling with addiction or mental illness, and for the isolated, Catholic Charities of Brooklyn and Queens is there. With 160 programs and more than 4,500 units of affordable housing, Catholic Charities is one of the largest multi-service charitable organizations in the nation. We help change lives and build communities. If you or someone you know needs assistance, call 718-722-6001 or visit CCB. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500, or connorsandsullivan.com. Do you know how many Christians live in the Middle East? Six million people. Do you know how many Christians need your help? Every single one. Do you know what we can do? With St. Francis in Beirut, we can give them hope. We can give them medicines. We can give them medical equipment. We can give them everything they're looking for because some others decided to remove Christianity from the Middle East. But if we will help them every single day, not just to feed them or clothing, it's all about giving them another day with the idea that they are recognized, that we love them, they are cousins, sisters, there are roots. So, St. Francis in Beirut, it's all about helping Christians. And you can be part of that help too. If you want to help Father Paul in his mission, send your donations to St. Francis in Beirut, 213 Stanton Street, New York, New York, 10002. If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it harder to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress, a home equity conversion mortgage may be the answer for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. Give me a call so our team here at Contour Mortgage can show you how the loan program works and how much you and your family may qualify for. My job is to help you find the best solution for your retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this mortgage program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. 
Call and speak with me. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-954-7463. Once again, that's 888-954-7463, and you could be on your way to a better retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591, Contour Mortgage Corporation, NMLS number 34384, 990 Stewart Avenue, Suite 660, Garden City, New York, 11530, Licensed Mortgage Banker, New York State Department of Financial Services. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer. Uh, I hope you enjoyed Ed Bars' story about the Battle of New Orleans. And here's one thing, you know, I want to just add to that. The actual battle took 20 minutes. Ed took 40 minutes explaining the battle to us because obviously he's telling us what's on the left flank, what's on the right flank, what's in the center. So, you know, take, you know, a true historian. Now, again, if you come into our office, obviously you can see the the memorabilia, the Civil War military miniatures. The other, we have the Battle of Culloden. Maybe we should start working on the Battle of New Orleans, but that's another project. Um have a swampy thing. That's great. Yeah. Well, we have swampy things. That's, I know. That's it'd look okay. great. But in any event, don't forget, we also do estate planning here. We don't just go over <laughs> historical miniatures or whatever. So if you want to give us a call at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. In addition to talking about history and Ed Bars and Kennesaw Mountain Landis and Harry Foy, uh, we, we can talk about estate planning, how to protect your family, preserve your assets for the next generation. Thank you for listening to us on Ask the Lawyer. We'll be back next week, same time and places. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Are you or your parents' assets protected from nursing home bills? Did you know these bills can exceed $15,000 a month? People work their entire lives to live comfortably in retirement, but when people become ill and need to go to a nursing home or receive home care, the bills can drain their assets, leaving many people bankrupt. The good news is that you can prevent that from happening if you plan in advance. Connors and Sullivan's lawyers can customize a plan that specifically protects your interests, including your home. Schedule a free comprehensive telephone consultation with Mike Connors to discuss your issues and concerns from the security of your home. Call today, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Don't let nursing home bills take your life's savings and leave you and your loved ones bankrupt. Don't wait another minute. Mike Connors can take you through the process by telephone and start a plan designed for you today. That's 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. The preceding pre-recorded program paid for by Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.